Give me back tomorrow for taking all that I can stand. Throw the weight of the world. Good morning and welcome to Lift Your Spirits Radio on 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle. I'm Bernadette Pager of Informed Choice Washington, a nonprofit organization advocating for scientific integrity in public health policy, healthy immunity, and informed consent. Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Edward Fogarty, but he goes by Ted. Uh, he's joined us, joining us via Zoom from North Dakota, uh, and he's told me a lot about North Dakota that I had no idea. I had no idea what amazing, important state North Dakota is. Uh, Dr. Fogarty is a clinical radiologist in North Dakota, an assistant professor in the Department of Radiology at the University of North Dakota, and he's vice president of the International Hyperbaric Medical Foundation. He's an advocate for individualized medical care for saving money as well as lives through recognizing and supporting the innate healing process in mammalian tissues. If that sounds like a little sort of complicated way of saying he likes to help you just heal yourself, it is because Dr. Ted Fogarty is a poet. He's, he's, got, he's a man of science, absolutely brilliant, with the soul of a poet, and I often have to um, unpack his words. Some of his emails are just so beautiful and it, it will take me a month to unpack them and go explore some little nugget of what he has said. Uh, so I've known Dr. Fogarty for a couple of years now. Um, I love his way of seeing the world. I love the way he connects all things together. And, and he says all these amazing things, but it comes down to a very simple truth, the simple truth of nature and health and healing. So, uh, Dr. Ted, welcome to Lift Your Spirits Radio. Thank you, Bernadette. My yeah. spirits are lifted. <laughs> That's so good to hear. Um, so this morning, we are going to be talking about two things you and I have been discussing for a long time now, sort of our babies, uh, the combination of glutathione and hyperbaric oxygen treatment. So let's, let's fill our listeners in on those two things, what they are. So start by telling us what is glutathione? Okay, well, glutathione is from a historical point of view in evolutionary biology, one of the most important molecules in all of life on this planet. Uh, I just, for your listeners and for everyone out there who um, has various religious beliefs, I, I do believe in God. And I do believe God's most powerful tool is evolutionary biology. And he's a fan of the laws of thermodynamics or she. <laughs> so whatever the great spirit has divined for us um, on this planet, it, it really did start with <clears throat> photosynthesis. And so the first organisms, the first unicellular organisms to uh, produce, take light form, uh, take light waves and photons from the sun and produce carbohydrates and cell walls and uh, all this great stuff in our, in our, molecular machinery of our genes 
they go all the way back to those first progenitor organisms. <clears throat> they, they, you know, two and a half billion years ago employed glutathione as a chaperone for the toxin of oxygen. So in, in plants and in photosynthetic organisms, oxygen is not, is not something that is utilized uh, in the way those beings on the planet that are oxygen consumers are util utilizing it. And so um, my mentor from Harvard Medical School class of 1957, Dr. Albert B. Crum, um, has been teaching me a lot over the last four years, but one of the first um, insights that he brought to my attention with my hyperbaric research with Dr. Paul Harch down at LSU is that uh, glutathione has been a, a, a molecular marriage made in heaven with uh, oxygen. And so <clears throat> when, the, when these first oxygen bearing uh, species were producing this mild toxin, glutathione was uh, invented, created, evolved, came together from outside of the cell, the amino acid pool in which these uh, early progenitor cyanobacteria uh, were developing had basically brought in these three special amino acids to create this most important tri tripeptide. It is literally the most important tripeptide on the planet because it's in every single cell of every, every unicellular or multicellular organism except for anaerobes. And so it, it is the, it's the chaperone for oxygen and it protects our cells and uh, the cells of plants and other animals from oxygen be becoming too much of a, of a problem. And, and it helps to chaperone uh, oxygen around the cell as well as other molecules. It's, ac it's actually the oldest chelator as well. And, and that's how uh, we can talk about that a little later. That's how it actually works as in, in functioning as an antiviral. Okay. An intracellular antiviral function of glutathione is in the chelation of some of these metals that are used by the viral genomes to uh, continue re replication of the of the of viruses. Wow, I, I didn't know until recently that all life had the glutathione. I, I had just heard it in terms of humans, you know, and being an arrogant human being, I didn't think about the rest of existence. And I think it's fascinating that all life forms have. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I've been working on with Dr. Crum um, as well is the concept that this is actually, we have 13 named vitamins. This is actually the should be considered technically the 14th vitamin under our modern um, scientific um, body of, of information. But technically speaking, my interpretation of this is that this is the first set of vital amines, which is what the Latin root of um, a Polish biochemist, biochemist in 1912 actually came up with the term vitamin using uh, vitae, vita, vital amines, uh, kind of as the, the root terms uh, and vitae mm. in Latin meaning life. 
And so life-giving uh, amino acids for these unicellular photosynthetic organisms are these three uh, that come into the cell and form glutathione intracellularly. I, so, I like to I like to describe it as the body's handyman. It delivers nutrients and takes away the garbage. And if you don't have that regular maintenance, things fall apart. But yeah. It, but it's it's even more severe than that, though. It's it's even more important than the handyman because you can live for well, I guess you can live for a little while with depleted glutathione because I think most people do. We don't have enough of the building blocks usually because of life stress. We're not eating well. So many things are impacting us, mm -hmm. depleting us, and we. It's amazing how human by human beings can get by. We can take a lick and keep on ticking. But then something comes along like COVID, which is a little bit new. And even though we were functioning in this sort of not very good state, it, that tips us over. You know, yeah. something will tip us over. So ex explain, um, in the case of a viral infection, how glutathione, how your functions in the presence of a, a viral infection. Well, uh, for some of your um, facile and astute listeners, uh, with our modern database of PubMed, if, if anyone wants to go out like right now, you're sitting at your computer and do a search on Stanford glutathione HIV in PubMed and look at all of these reports that came out of Stanford in California in the late 1990s on how intracellular glutathione actually, as the levels increase, decreases the death rate in, uh, you know, CD4 and CD8 T cells. And so all of our, all of our immune system cells in particular with that disease, which is an immune, you know, a, 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 an RNA virus that specifically infects our immune system cells um, more than others. It is, um, it is incredibly powerful. What was, what was really put out in the midst of the, the late 1990s on how <clears throat> simply boosting these intracellular glutathione levels rapidly decreases the replication rate of these RNA viruses. And, and that was shown in HIV, but then, you know, circling back to Georgia State University researchers down in Atlanta in the backyard of the CDC in January of 2019, when Dr. Harch and I published our case report on, on the statistical evidence of reversal of mitochondrial dysfunction in, in a, an individual with dementia. It's the same month that Dr. Crum and Dr. Julia Hilliard published how to shut down intracellular Zika virus replication. And again, the, when you have high levels of glutathione inside the cell, um, it, it does act as a molecular um, housekeeper of sorts and, and gets the molecular trash out the door and, and out into our bloodstream and then out into our kidneys and, and whatnot. But it's, it's really doing that through what is, it's the, this is the holy grail in pharma. In pharma. Mm. It's um, NRF2 is a, um, is a cytoprotective gene uh, and protein um, that 
really leverages it's upregulated significantly in the presence of mildly increased oxygen dissolved oxygen concentration in the cell which is what hyperbarics is doing mm -hmm. and it's also upregulated by an input of l-cysteine or if you just think of the, the word cysteine the cysteine chapel okay mm -hmm. it's a beautiful <clears throat> uh mankind work of art to spirituality in rome and and you look at how important um that one amino acid is. So cysteine is one single amino acid in a, in a language of 20 amino acids that build our proteins. And it is, it is equivalent to the letter E in the English language. So if we're all, if all of our books and all of our great writings and, and everything uh, on the internet all of a sudden, <clears throat> We started dropping E's. We started having a depletion of E's mm -hmm. in, in all of our English hypertext. And, and all of a sudden you see how that really screws up the whole orchestra of informatics, um, even within computer coding language and language science. And so, so that's what we're really dealing with uh, in, in a, lot of, um, a lot of disease states is that we, we have kind of a critical need for what I call vitamin G mm -hmm. um, in glutathione and a critical need uh, for that particular amino acid, which is L-cysteine. So, um, so I, I see it as, as, as two different phases. So we've got the, the phase where you're healthy or you, you're relatively healthy and you're not infected with something where if you bring a board on board regularly enough of the nutrients that you need, the precursors to glutathione, which are these wonderful amino acids you're talking about, either through supplement, but preferably through diet in a normal way. Broccoli sprouts is a fabulous one. Mm -hmm. um, then if you, when you encounter in the environment um, viruses and different things, then your immune system is already geared. Your handyman's at the door yeah. answering the door saying what are you doing here i don't think so but right. if you if it if you encounter it and it's low and your handyman is he's way at the back of the house just trying to keep you going then that virus is going to come in and and do a little damage and so then you that's when you really need to bring some of these um supplements on board and i one other thing i find extremely frustrating from all of the public health officials getting in front of a microphone None of them say that you can do anything proactively to increase your um, ability to to not succumb to an infection. And but mm -hmm. you really can just from looking at the function of glutathione in the body, <clears throat> and of course, like you say, the NRF two, which I always think broccoli sprouts it it helps that. And of course, your vitamin C because vitamin C recirculates any existing glutathione it, by recirculating. Correct. Does that mean it takes those it's, building blocks that were so, used back or what? Well, so no, it, it actually, so in, in all of these reactions going on in our, in our body and glutathione has a high turnover rate um, because it's, it's so abundantly important. It's, it's in the same kind of context as the, the oil in your, in your 
in your oil pan in your in your car if you're if you're if you're running low or if you got you know dirty oil um it's your car your engine's not going to run to the same efficiency and our mitochondria are those cellular engines and so there's there's a whole lot going on with glutathione there's over 144 critical reactions in the cell um, and, and also in structural protein building and formation. And some of these complex molecules of our very immune system are in need of some of these sulfur residues from the cysteine. And, and there's a very special um, double bond between two sulfur atoms that um, is critically important in, in a lot of the, the way our structural proteins actually come together. It's kind of like the glue. It's a little, it's like a little rivet. When glutathione goes and attaches one arm of one protein to another arm of another protein, it's actually donating its, it's one of its sulfur molecules and, and, and it's, it's actually gluing two structural proteins together. And so, um, again, when you, when you look at how critically important this one molecule is, and, and we have you know, I've, I've been in medical education, basically, even as an undergrad doing molecular genetics at the University of Chicago, um, you know, working in, this, in the realm of science and in, and in medical school and then residency and then being a medical educator here in North Dakota. And honestly, it's almost like the, the whole word glutathione is just whitewashed from how it's so critically important in everything in medicine and everything in biology. Um, and you don't see that, of course, in the, in the pure science PhD realm, but you do see in what has become really a trade of um, pharmaceutical distribution, which is what most of uh, modern medicine is now. Mm -hmm. uh, you can really see how there's, there's a real lack of understanding of, of one of the most important uh, <clears throat> systems, which is oxygen and glutathione coming together to, to provide so much energy for our cell, our cells. So that, that energy and that, and that work output basically allows our cells to re-engineer and, and repair and fix itself at so many levels. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, again, um, if you do a search in PubMed and just search the term L-cysteine, and if you want to throw in uh, a Boolean operator of and, okay, so in your search term, you type in L-cysteine and crumb, C-R-U-M, drop the B, don't put the B in there because Dr. Crumb's last name does not have a B in it, and you will see some seven very important research uh, papers that have come out of, of his work, um, uh, mainly with minority um, institutions in medicine. And um, this, this, one, this one amino acid is just so important. And, and as it combines to form glutathione inside the cell, it, it really is, you know, I, I use the example of it's like an E in the English language, but when it's in the cell, glutathione acts as an and operator. It, it joins important information streams of proteins together. And in doing that, 
it is the, it's the critical link to so much of our, our biology and metabolism. And of course, you know, people are probably saying, well, you know, what the fuck are you? I mean, if, if we can, <laughs> if we don't, if, if we can really just, if our bodies do this anyway, you know, why do we need to supplement with um, L-cysteine or anything else, N-acetylcysteine, which I've used in clinical medicine to help with contrast, uh, nephrotoxicity in, in our patients in radiology. Um, it's, it's just our modern diet has really has a deficit of these sulfur bearing amino acids. Mm -hmm. And so, so we're, we're, you know, it's like playing Scrabble with, you know, a, a bunch of vowels missing. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, but, and then, the, but the most important thing here is that when we employ physics and when we increase our gas pressure inside of our bodies and inside of every cell, mm -hmm. the partial pressure of oxygen, as well as a little bit of an increase in partial pressure of nitrogen, actually those gentle toxins, quote unquote toxins of reactive oxygen and reactive nitrogen species are things that turn on the NRF2 system to go turn on the whole glutathione system. And so it's a giant cascade of, of, of what we can do with our own bodies in a, in a hyperbaric environment. And there's various other, you know, medical gases that we can talk about at the end of the, the, the show that are uh, also very important from a physics standpoint um, okay. in what I would call modern um, um, quantum biology. It's basically okay. what's going on with that stuff. But so every time we put our patients in a hyperbaric chamber, um, we're, we're basically creating a factory of glutathione. Our bodies become vessels that are micro nanotechnology factories for intracellular glutathione. And so I'm working very closely with a team in North Carolina, um, Extavita, uh, is the is the clinic and they have two large multi-place chambers and just as a disclosure I have one of the largest research vessels on the continent in eastern Nebraska um, that can tr treat 20 people at a time and uh, Dr. Harch down in New Orleans is working to get a multi-chamber uh, COVID-19 program off the ground with his uh, long-standing colleague, Dr. Keith Van Meter in New Orleans. And so when, when we're, we're turning ourselves into glutathione nanotechnology factories mm -hmm. at the cellular level through simple physics, the physics of Henry's law, simple physics of thermodynamics, it allows our cells to clear out all these RNA viral infections whether it's Ebola, Zika, all of these pandemics, influenza, they're all RNA viruses, and they're all so genomically unstable that there's never a vaccine that ever is going to ever work year after year on any of these things. Wow. I'm mind blown here again. So um, I love the fact that if you're not sick, you're well, you can eat well, make sure you've got a lot of L-cysteine on board, you're doing your, 
your your broccoli, the different, there's lots of different food sources of this that you need and maybe supplementing with a little NAC. And then if you exercise, you're getting out there, you're breathing, you're oxygenating yourself. But in the time of illness, when that illness itself, your body reacting to the illness <clears throat> begins to use your glutathione and you're not able to pull in the oxygen that you need, it seems so logical that you would add things to it, more supplementation and a little assistance in that oxygenation through the mm -hmm. supplementation of the key amino acids and through putting yourself like in this hyperbaric situation so that you can increase your glutathione making. It's, right. it's, it's like, it's sort of in, like a vaccine is a very targeted product that yeah. tries to get your body to build, to attack just one. Right. Product. That's Where? like telling the whole, that's like telling the whole Marine Corps to stand down because there's, so, there's some, um, there's some attack planes coming in from, from the, uh, from the, the, the Navy carriers and, and just let the, let the planes handle all the work. And it's, it's, yeah. no, you, 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 your, your entire immune system has such a small part of it that is actually related to, uh, what we're, we're trying to condition through vaccination. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, it's an old paradigm and, you know, we're talking about mitochondrial medicine here, organelle based medicine. And I'm, I'm telling you as somebody who's basically, I consider myself a bioengineer of mitochondria and we have reverse engineered through hyperbaric physiology and science and imaging. Mm-hmm how this all works on the glutathione system. Um, and, and, but another thing that, you know, in our jurisdiction, which is so highly regulated by the, you know, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, and all these people who, who do not want to shine a light on some of our great luminary physicians. And I'm just going to give a big shout out to somebody on the West coast who I adore and think the world of as one of the bravest physicians on the planet. And his name is Robert Rowan. And he was up in Alaska years ago fighting the health freedom cause. He's in California now. He went over and treated a whole bunch of, of Africans with Ebola using increased oxygen tension at the cellular level wow. through ozone. Okay. Through ozone-based medicine. And if, and if our listeners can, after the show, go to the journal site for medical gas research you know ted and i can is, put these links on yeah. informed choice washington website you yeah know, when and, we're done and yeah download dr rowan in in december of 2019 put this all out on medical gas research on how you how you stop a pandemic through oxidative medicine yeah how you I, how you deal with these pandemics the, and there are um, naturopaths all over across the United States that, along with um, vitamin C, D, A, zinc, um, precursors to glutathione, they're also doing some of these ozone therapies. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and so the Italians have done some of that, too, mm -hmm. um, in, in the midst of COVID-19. Yeah. And, um, you know, I... Because medicine is a profession and it's shamanic in the history of, of all cultures in, on the planet, you know, the medicine men, the medicine women have been 
in part spiritual as well as, you know, um, sacred leaders in their societies. And some of these terms like ozone, even in and of itself, is a scary word. Hyperbaric is actually a scary word. But, you know, I want to transition us into what is, I would call altitude wellness. <laughs> oh, I like that. Altitude. And from the mountaintop down. Okay. Yeah. We are all living in varying degrees of increasing molecular gas pressure that help us perform certain functions better from the mountaintop down. And so that. from an altitude wellness standpoint, I think we, I, I, I want to, I want to talk more about the, 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 the mass transportation employment and leveraging of all of the jets in this nation or any other nation on the planet can be employed as hyperbaric chambers. And after our break, we can yeah. uh, get it a little bit more into the, the, the gearhead side of that and how easy it yeah. is. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So we will take a, a break right now. Thank you, Dr. Ted Fogarty. This is Bernadette Pager on 1150 KKNW in Seattle. Gather around the fire, together we will rise. Keep your feet on the ground. Did you know that 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut lining? Ion Gut Health goes beyond probiotics to strengthen this barrier and balance your microbiome the natural way. This soil-derived supplement is scientifically proven to reinforce your first line of defense, keeping harmful foreign particles out of your bloodstream. Maintain a healthy immune system so that it can protect you when you need it most. Support your immune system with Ion Gut Health. Learn more at ionbiome.com. Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including healthcare choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington state. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best health care decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Did you know how your immune system protects you from illness? Wish you knew more about what lifestyle choices you could make to keep your immune system strong? What healing approaches might work best for you? Well, tune in on the first Friday of each month when the host of Lift Your Spirits Radio will be Bernadette Pager of Informed Choice Washington. Bernadette will be joined by medical and science experts to discuss healthy immunity and how you and your family can achieve it. 
You can reach Bernadette Pager at informchoicewa.org. Tomorrow, taking all that I can stand. Throw the weight of the world from the palm of your hand. Gather round the fire, together we will rise. Keep your feet on the ground, keep your eye on the prize. Oh, don't turn away, no, don't go back. Next train's coming down the track. Welcome back to 1150 KKNW, Lift Your Spirits Radio in Seattle. I'm your host today, Bernadette Pager, and with me is Dr. Ted Fogarty. And during the break, I mean, we were just having this amazing conversation. Uh, and, and first of all, I, I forgot to say at the top of the hour, I should say this at the top of every hour when I'm hosting a show, is um, this is for informational purposes only. Um, I'm not a doctor or or a scientist. I just, um, I, I play one on the radio now. I, I just, I love, I love the information. I love talking to brilliant people like Dr. Ted and having him on and sharing this information and sending people out into the world to continue to research, consult with the experts and, and find real healing. In this COVID chaos, we have been handed a gift. Um, although some tragedies have occurred, we want to avoid more tragedy by learning from what's going on. It's revealing a lot of problems, systemic problems in public health. And, um, and, and that's a good thing that those are being revealed because if we can uh, fix those and head in a better direction, everything will improve, health will improve. And so uh, where do you want to start this? Uh, we're moving toward jets. If anybody knows anybody at Boeing, high up at Boeing, who's listening, <laughs> we're going to move into a utilization of some of your grounded jets that would just be amazing. So what do you think, Ted? Where do we start? Well, um, yeah, uh, the, the elevator pitch here is this. Um, every... Every pressurized, um, every 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 jet that can um, pressurize its cabin is a hyperbaric chamber on the ground. And <clears throat> actually, this gets done in preventive maintenance and and safety testing all the time on all of these jets around the world. So the ground crews, if they're going to prove to Boeing or, you know, to NetJets, or they're going to prove to themselves and smaller aviation companies that they don't have a risk of decompression in the air. So where the, where the, where the cabin starts to lose pressure and has a leak and that can become catastrophic. Mm -hmm. um, what we do in aviation is hook in a, an industrial air compressor to the cabin add uh, nearly two atmospheres of pressure or 15 pounds per square inch of additional pressure into that cabin. And, and then the seals on the doors and all these other areas that are potentially vulnerabilities for a risk of decompression in the air are then further looked at and, and, and verified as being intact and, and flight worthy. And so, um, you know, one of me and me and my buddy Mickey Kime, he's a physician. Uh, he he's 
he's the godfather of hyperbaric medicine in, in Nebraska. And uh, he started the first unit there 30 years ago and um, was most recently the uh, medical director at UNMC's hyperbaric um, medicine department until his retirement last year. And, um, he and I are, are going to be working with some people in Nebraska to do a workflow test. And, and, and simply put, he's going to medically observe me and maybe a couple firefighters that are my buddies from high school in Omaha. And, and we're going to get into a little jet and we're going to hook up the compressor from the ground crew. And I'm going to take my iPhone with me that has a uh, barometer app on it and an electrosensitive um, barometer that can mm -hmm. tell me what my pressure is when I'm in my mild hyperbaric chamber or when I'm flying commercially. Mm. And so, you know, very simple, stupid. Um, we're, we're just going to prove that we can have human beings in, in a jet at 1.6 atmospheres of room air, which is actually what Orville Cunningham MD used to treat the, a dying medical resident at the University of Kansas in the Spanish influenza epidemic in 1918. That also happens to be the same pressure that the Chinese used in the COVID-19 crisis in their nation mm -hmm. that Dr. Paul Harch spent lots of his own time and, and own energy translating all of the Chinese uh, experience into English at 1.6 atmospheres uh, 100% oxygen. So we already have multi-jurisdictional evidence that this all works. And now mm -hmm. we've also got um, uh, this wonderful, brave surgeon who took the bull by the horns in Opelousa, Louisiana. And he's, he's a wound care uh, hyperbaric guy that also has a general surgery practice in a small town and just, you know, through their own little small IRB and and uh, even under his Hippocratic um, understanding of how medicine and hyperbarics works for, uh, get this, infections, wound care. <laughs> uh, we, we already treat infections with hyperbaric chambers Fantastic. under FDA uh, grace. And, and, and yeah. insurance companies already pay for that. Wow. So, so anyway, so this really smart surgeon just says, you know what? <laughs> we're going to start treating these COVID-19 patients with hyperbaric chambers. And, and they've, they've been doing great. Um, I've, I've received word from my uh, colleague and, and, and friend, Ed DiGirolamo, who's, who's the uh, structural engineer who's started the uh, Extavita clinic and his, his medical team, including uh, Jay Stevens, that um, there's been some reports now out of NYU Winthrop and the, and the New York experience that, Every, every one of these very uh, more serious COVID victims has uh, turned the corner and recovered. Same thing happened in China. And so now when you get into the public health um, sphere of discussion and, and, and how, how do we need to be budget uh, wise in, in, in resource allocation, um, when, when we look at turning cargo jets into giant hyperbaric chambers and certain terminals at airports into giant clinics. Mm -hmm. um, and we do this in a very infectious disease appropriate manner. 
where we have these patients who are already in an isolation unit loaded into the cargo hold of say a C-17 jet and then hook up the air compressors and get them up to one, uh, 1.6 atmospheres of, of pressure um, under medical uh, PA and, 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 you know, the military has a whole, a whole, a whole bunch of uh, medics and doctors and, you know, some of my National Guard uh, physician buddies up here in North Dakota are my former students. We, we all get this, that this, this is all actually simple and pretty easy to do. And so it's just a matter, it's not a matter of the actual physical engineering, it's a matter of the social engineering of getting various jurisdictions and various public health units and various people in, in the regulation of medicine to say yes to this. Mm -hmm. um, but when you, when you simply look at what happened um, in early April with the, the US military took three COVID victims out of Afghanistan put them in negative pressure isolation units, flew them for five hours into Ramstein, Germany, and then landed the plane. And that C-17 cargo hold that was utilized for this tr medical transport mission mm -hmm. is, it, it doesn't need any decontamination. It's, it's perfectly un untouched by the COVID um, virus because these patients are in, isol in isolation units. And they're just like, uh, pulled off the ramp and, and taken into the terminal and, and, and they go off to Landstuhl Germany mm -hmm. medical unit, mm -hmm. but had, so had they, had they stopped before they opened the cargo bay and just hooked up the industrial compressors, they're, they're going to be accelerating their intracellular glutathione mm -hmm. manufacturing. They're going to be dropping those viral replication rates. And these these actions actually don't just occur in isolation in the chamber. There's a, there's a lag phase of how the whole glutathione system gets employed. And once, once that glutathione goes out there and starts to attach to proteins in a process we call glutathioneuration, this is, this is new research over the last 10 years. Nobody has ever recognized how important the concept of glutathioneuration is for protein folding, but that, that then creates, all of this molecular goodness in our immune systems to continue the battle, even when you're outside of the chamber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw the graphs. Um, I'm not sure where they were posted that showed that I think the Chinese did, it was just five um, HBOT sessions. And after each one uh, you never, the, the patient didn't drop all the way back down to the, the, the pre H bot oxygen saturation levels or something. I mean, each yeah. one you rebound until after the fifth one, you were almost up to normal the amount of. Um... So yeah. tell me what yeah. it is that they're measuring there. Is it the is it oxygen saturation in the blood? Yeah, or... yeah. Okay. yeah. And so, um, uniquely with this particular disease, the, the the reason why it's so devastating is because it's infecting the endothelial cells. And creating molecular trash in our in our capillaries by and 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 so it's not just the capillaries of the lungs, mm -hmm. which require you know um, there's no ventilator that can actually give you the pressure change needed to actually dissolve more uh, oxygen into the lung tissues of these COVID nineteen patients. Um, uh, it's just it's the wrong physics. Um, ventilator physics 
as we are, we are showing on the, on, in New York and in the UK, uh, it just doesn't work the way we have classically understood uh, ventilators to, to basically salvage people in critical care units. Um, most, of, most of New York medicine has never lost more than, you know, 5% of their patients on ventilators, and now they're losing 80%. And it's because of the unique situation here with the endothelial trash and, and, and that gunk is basically preventing the oxygen and the red blood cells in particular from delivering the oxygen to the end organs like the liver and the brain. And, and, and it's not very efficient <clears throat> in picking up the oxygen as well when you have fluid in the periphery of the lungs that we see on CT. And so, so what's the answer? Well, you just, the only, the only thing in all of this crisis that's ever gonna work is you just dissolve more molecular oxygen to bypass the, the, the red blood cells, which are basically offline. As a small, tiny molecule, oxygen dissolved in our blood plasma can, can go around these, the, the red blood cells and around the molecular trash in the capillaries and just by brute force uh, saturation, Mm-hmm. get the oxygen right into the cells. And, you know, in the, in the Dutch experience um, back in the, in the 60s, um, we were in a race for heart-lung bypass machines versus hyperbaric um, ORs and operating suites for cardiac transplantation and cardiac um, bypass graft. Um, and, and there were, you know, research animals that were basically kept alive at three atmospheres, 100% oxygen with, with no circulating red blood cells. They, they replaced the blood, the whole blood with normal saline and they did just fine. Wow. And then at the end of their, you know, two or three hour long experiment, they gave the blood, they transfused the, the blood right back to the research um, animal. And so, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's simple physics here. I mean, when you really look at it, it's just like, if you can dissolve so much more oxygen into a human body that's, that cannot oxygenate itself, cannot acquire and, and distribute oxygen through red blood cells, then it's a, it's a no-brainer. And, and, and the other thing, and I, I said this on stage last year at the University of North Dakota School of Medicine's graduation, and I, and I referenced my, my friend Ed DiGirolamo and Extavita and, and super chamber technology and big clinics with big hyperbaric chambers um, on stage for these graduates of 2019. Um, I referenced that the future of medicine really is in having hyperbaric ICU suites. Mm-hmm. And we already have negative pressure rooms for the people who have tuberculosis or COVID-19, mm-hmm. where we're dropping, there's a, a little bit of a pressure differential so that the airstream that's coming out of that room and so that there's there's no contamination of, of tuberculosis or COVID-19 coronavirus out into the hallway of the ICU, mm-hmm. okay? But just like the Ramstein airliner example, you could have a negative pressure room inside of a larger structurally engineered hyperbaric ICU room mm-hmm. that has a, a two locks and it would be a little bit of a it would be a little bit of a difficulty in, in some in some ICUs but when when you 
when you have a ventilated patient in an airplane uh, under variable pressure, you know, traveling from one place to the other, mm -hmm. you, you, you can just on the continuum, you can just see it. Why not just keep going and adding more and more pressure on, on that ventilated patient? So you can help the, the, the doctors running the ventilators mm -hmm. through the simple physics of Henry's law. Um, and from a further, a big resource management point of view, it's like, okay, we've, we've lost how many jobs in this economy and in this country and around the world, there's all of the, the, the entire world is in an economic freefall disaster right now mm -hmm. because we, because people won't pay attention to this, these, these very simple concepts in physics. It's a no brainer. You know, you get, you get the state governments, you get the national guard, you get the U S air force, you get Boeing engineers. And if you can't get around the regulatory landscape through IRBs submissions, which we are doing with the big chamber crowd with X to Vita, And, um, if you, if you still can't get through all of that mm -hmm. to get people what they need in a simple physics play in biology, then where do you go next? You, you, go, you go to the Native Americans, which have sovereign rights in this, in this land, in this, in this country. The tribal leadership, and I've got a, a, a friend in the fold who's a commercial diving uh, uh, operator, um, MC Richardson down in Louisiana. And, and he, he astutely came out with, you know, yeah, you know, Dr. Fogarty, look, if, if, if the Louisiana political bosses are not going to let Dr. Harch and Dr. Van Meter from the world's greatest academic hyperbaric department do this in New Orleans mm -hmm. on all of these, there's a whole lot of socioeconomic overlay here where there's a lot of African-Americans in Louisiana that are dying of this. And then, the let's, vitamin, go, then yeah. let's go straight to the, the Native American tribal elders and leadership in, in Louisiana and all the way up from New Orleans, all the way up to eastern Montana. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And, you know, there's that huge, the, a new study is just out. I think there's a couple showing the huge correlation between vitamin D levels and severity of COVID. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and they, and they know that like the African-American community and different mm -hmm. people just genetically, if, you know, if they're not really careful, they tend to have low vitamin D levels. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I was thinking is to help the doctors out there, there's that thing called like medical indication, right? So you can treat somebody with something only if it's medically indicated. If you prescribe something that wasn't medically indicated, you could get in trouble. But I'm thinking, isn't the reverse true? So if a, if a COVID patient comes in, shouldn't doctors be checking vitamin D level, glutathione level, and along with, I'm sure they're already doing um, like oxygen saturation level. And when they see that they're all low, that they need to take steps. It's medically indicated to supplement vitamin D. It's medically indicated to supplement uh, yeah. glutathione. Bernadette, you're, you're speaking so much great logic and, and wisdom <laughs> and understanding. And you know, you know what? I have been in com constant contact and communications with multiple physicians buried into the grid. Yeah. At UNMC, at Creighton University, 
at Avera in Sioux Falls and, and some of my doctor friends here in, in Bismarck and out in Fargo. Yeah. And this has all become cookie cutter medicine. Mm. And the, and in fact, you know, there's, there's a, a very wonderful family that you helped get me to them in South Dakota. And that, that family has a wonderful nephrologist who, who tried to get just a simple addition to their treatment protocols of IV and acetylcysteine at 600 milligrams per dose. Just let's put it on formulary for COVID-19 and they said no. And so what, what has happened, and this is the most tragic thing and that hardly anyone understands this on the outside of medicine. The doctors of America have been handcuffed by mm -hmm. public health, mm -hmm. by corporate CEOs, by even nursing supervisors and other people telling them, no, you can't do that, Dr. So-and-so, mm -hmm. even though it's within your medical scope of practice to make that decision, we're not going to let you employ those resources. You must use these resources, which we have selected for you. Yeah. Well, and so and, we don't have practicing and, physicians in a lot of hospitals. Yes. We have corporate practice of medicine going on. And, we have public health practice right. of medicine going on. And we have an entire, and there's a lot of doctors who have lost their jobs during COVID-19 for speaking out simply about not having enough personal protective equipment for their own safety. Right. And they get fired for speaking out against that. Right. And so what I really feel, I, we could just keep on talking forever. I love this, but I do have to, to unfortunately wind up our conversation. I think I'm going to have you back, though, um, is, is that this COVID chaos is revealing systemic problems in, in medicine and in public health. And they both need to be reformed because really good people work in public health, really good people work in medicine. And they, there is a stranglehold on them and we need to break through that. And I believe we can, we can achieve that. So Dr. Ted Fogarty, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your amazing knowledge. I'm gonna put a lot of the information on the Informed Choice Washington website, informedchoicewa.org. Um, look for the glutathione um, uh, post that is there. You can go to the COVID-19 tab and look for the glutathione post and I'll add more links. There's some of those links you talked about were already there. I'm gonna add more so people can find them and explore. Um, so I guess, I guess that's it. Uh, can I just say one last thing? Yeah. President Donald J. Trump can, with the swipe of one pen, create an executive order for the jetliner plan. All right. Somebody, Mr. Trump, President Trump, please listen. Let's give it a go. Uh, lives can be saved. Thank you so much, Dr. Ted. And Thank you for with that. And with that, we're, we're, we're out of here. So everybody get out into that gorgeous sunshine, make yourself some vitamin D, breathe deep, exercise, and make it a healthy day.